0: on the show, we're talking about comparing ourselves financially. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and I'm joined today with my co-host Trevor. And we're talking about a phenomenon that happens more often than we like to admit. We're talking about comparing ourselves to others financially.
1: And this is something that I don't know that you can avoid it but I think you can manage it. And the thing about comparing yourself to others financially is it's going to happen constantly throughout your life. It's not like this is just a a thing that happens in your twenties or just in your thirties. This happens f- forever. Like th- this, this never goes away. So I'm hoping on this episode, we can help you manage the, the constant desire to compare yourself to others financially And manage it in such a way that it doesn't destroy your, or uh, my fear is a lot of people make bad financial decisions because they're using a flawed comparability model.
0: So I want to go back to what you said in your opening few words. And you said that comparing ourselves to others financially is something that by the sounds of it, is pretty innate in our nature and something that we sometimes don't have control over. So when when we look at yourself, even Trevor, someone who's very, should be and is very well off and in, in confident in, in the financial space, do you still find yourself falling victim to this as well? Or have you kind of put in the approaches that we're going to talk about through, throughout this episode to mitigate your level of financial comparison?
1: Well, think of what you just said. You said, I, if if I said I'm doing well financially, that's a relative term. It's relative to other people in my community, in society in general. It's a relative measurement, right? I'm I'm measuring people who I think should be or could have had the opportunity to be in the same place I am, but aren't. You know that that's really what we're talking about. Because there's other people who who never had the opportunity, based on circumstances, based on um, So I, I have this thing. I'm just there's two lotteries in life that everyone gets to play. Is it's the country you're born in, and the parents you're born to. The, those are two lotteries. You don't get to make a decision. You you have zero input. Those are just two lotteries you win. So when you say I'm doing well financially, I, I'm gonna say I would start with. Again, it's a relative term. So automatically, it's it screams comparison to everyone. I won both of those lotteries, so I'm. I would have to compare myself. I, again, comparisons—they're going to happen. I, I'm not a, like they. So long as you don't let them destroy you. I'm doing relatively well, considering I won those two lotteries. Now, if you brought somebody along who won only one of those lotteries, or heaven forbid, forbid didn't win either one, and they somehow ended up in Canada and lived in my community, and they had half the financial accomplishments I did. I'm going to say those people are killing it, you know, and I should be embarrassed of my accomplishments compared to where that person with that person achieved, given the start in life they had.
0: I love the nuanced complexity that the idea of comparison brings. I mean, even with your, your example, the two lotteries, that, that is so, so true that it's not, it's not always what meets the eye. And we, I think we all know this as well when it comes to other aspects of our life.
1: Well, here's a benchmark I have in my, in my life. It's, it's, it's a measuring stick that I, I am aware of constantly. So my grandfather, he grew up, uh, he came of age in Europe during world war two. And he was, he spent five years in a prisoner of war camp. He, he lost both his parents in the war and he ended up immigrating to Canada with, with nothing. I'm talking nothing. And he left a small, uh, a small, a, a small fortune of an inheritance when he passed away. And so there's a guy, he clearly lost both lotteries. He he couldn't have been born at a worse time, come of age at a worse time. And he, uh, did, you know, unbelievably well. I hope I can achieve what he did. But in saying that I won the two lotteries he didn't. So I actually should, have a higher bar set for myself. If if I'm using my grandfather as a mentor or a a comparability, then I don't know that I'll ever achieve what he did.
0: That's so powerful. I I love that. And so you mentioned that we all fall victim, again, to the idea of comparing ourselves to others financially. So we're going to talk in in this episode why we tend to do that, why we tend to compare ourselves to others. And then we're going to talk about why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others. And these reasons, uh, we have a list of four for this specific section. And while it may be blatantly obvious, we are going to go through um, kind of the nuances around why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others financially. So Trevor, I want to go back to you. And I mean... We, we it's it's all relative like you said but was there ever a blatant moment in your life um I mean I'm gonna say maybe while you were maybe in your 20s and your 30s getting on your feet financially maybe per se moving into out of your parents home was there ever a stage where you noticed that you were maybe compuls- compulsively comparing yourselves to others and, and where was, was there a defining moment when you moved past that?
1: I absolutely did and I I think it really comes down to self-confidence. And as you get more life behind you and good outcomes where things worked out and the, the more wins you get in life, I I think you end up with a uh, you know more confident in the decisions you make and have less of a desire to compare yourself to others to uh, to make the assessment did this decision actually work out?
0: So I, I want to I kind of talk about how comparing ourselves to others can complicate things before we dive into talking about exactly why we compare ourselves to others.
1: So I think comparing, you get complications in that you start making decisions and you don't even know why. Just say your neighbor or friends of yours bought a new house, a brand new house, like not a resale, but in a brand new subdivision and you went to visit their house, and you really liked it, and, and you like the direction their life was going in, so you make a similar decision. Well, you, part of the, you making that decision was in, in a very subconscious way mimicking the actions of somebody else. They may have had a, a, a very deliberate thought process in buying that brand new home. It doesn't mean it fits your life plan, so I, I think it's flawed in that way.
0: And I think like at the end of the day, w- life I believe is so much more simpler when we stop explaining ourselves to people and just do what works for us, what what works for our values. And we'll kind of go into that too when we get into this section.
1: Like when you end up, when you start making decisions in in at a subconscious level, mimicking other other people and not even realizing you're doing it. And then you weave in well thought out decisions that sort of intertwine with those mimicking decisions. And, and then you try to make sense out of a situation that you're in and it doesn't make sense. it It really complicates life. it, it makes it, it, it makes your given situation uh, hard to get out of because you really don't know how you ended up here. It,
0: there's no direction. there's no there's no kind of place to orient to orient yourself towards. That's what, that's what it feels like to me. So I, I want to dive now into talking about why we tend to compare ourselves to others. And again, like Trevor said at the beginning of the episode, we all fall victim to this. So these are just ways that we can that just be aware of of how this plays out in our lives. So there's seven reasons. Number one is that comparing ourselves to others is easy.
1: And so this is this is the lazy approach to to assessing how well you're doing it requires zero effort and it 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 doesn't even at best it's going to give you a warm feeling that you're running as fast as everybody around you it doesn't mean you're running in the right direction it doesn't mean you're running with purpose it just means you're running as fast as everybody else if you are achieving similar plateaus that your social circle is or your your you people in your community are if you if, if you if you managed to save up the down payment and buy a house and you, a lot of your friends did the same thing it just means you're running as fast as them it doesn't mean you're you're running in the right direction what if you bought a house and it ended up being a boat anchor in terms of you relocating for job opportunities so if you had a a, a career path you wanted to build and it involved your you being mobile having a lot of mobility meaning you wouldn't have to buy and sell houses you could just break your lease move to another apartment if if that was your your long-term goal but you in an effort to mimic the people around you you just bought a house because everyone else is buying a house and you thought it was a great investment idea and you ended up in in a now in a bad place now you're making job decisions and career path, path plans that aren't tied into your long-term plan
0: and let's not forget as well that if if we're just comparing ourselves to other people because it's easy, who says that the other people around us are living that life that we want to live? Like, what about when credit card debt comes into play?
1: Well, you know, and here's another example. So, a lot of times it's easy, it's also safe. Ooh, yeah. You know, because you don't want to do something radical and it not work out and then be exposed to the judgment of, of all the people that, you know, why didn't you do what everyone else was doing? It, it, it's safe. So it, not only is it easy and lazy, it, it it's also, it ends up being safe, but safe is comfortable and comfortable is not a place of growth. So safe sounds like a positive thing, but it, it means you may have missed out an opportunity. So comparing yourself to others and letting that drive your decision-making, I, I think it, it, it will come with a lot of regret. If you, if you're doing it because you are reluctant to put out the effort to devise a plan, to, to, to just get some basic spreadsheet skills to say, you know, here's a goal I have. How am I, how am I tracking to my goal? That's effort. But I just think comparing yourself to others is a solution of, of measuring financial progress is a bad strategy.
0: I love that. I love that. The second reason why we tend to compare ourselves to others financially is simply due to societal pressure.
1: So this would be, uh, I mean, people feel com- compelled to be in a certain place. You know, you graduate from college university and a lot of people expect to be in, you know, into a career path by a certain age and they're hard on themselves if they're not. And the, then that, that societal pressure saying, you know, you, you should be at a certain place given your age. And then you, the another one, you, the next stage is going to be having children, like having a family. There's a lot of societal pressure, The buying a house. These are all societal pressures that are being placed on you. And it, it's often following the generation before you that's driving this thing. And, and you're getting advice from your parents, which is the generation before you. And I've said before, I think that's, that those people care about you the most, but their advice is not, it might not be relevant given the the changing times we live in.
0: So just to play devil's advocate with this point, that student who's just graduated um, from university or college and is looking for a job, does that societal pressure to find a job within your field um, within an X number amount of months or years, is that not at the same time this motivating factor? Is that kind of motivating from a place of fear?
1: Well I think so long you're not trying to find that job because you're comparing yourself to your peers who maybe have found jobs in their field if if you' if you are searching for that job in your field of study because you want it because you know you'll be you'll enjoy that that line of work more than what you, you say you're currently doing, if that's the reason that's great, but if you're doing it because your all your peers got a job in their field then I, I think I think you could have a great job right now that you really enjoy. Your your education was not wasted. You always learn something when you go to school. So I I think again if you're if you're switching jobs to get a job in your field that you studied only because you th- society says you should do that I think that would be for the wrong reason.
0: I love that. So dig deep and understand what your motivation is. Number three is the third point and the third reason why we tend to compare ourselves to others financially is because of envy.
1: And you know, I, I couldn't think of a more ugly emotion that, pe- that people have is, is envy. I mean, this, this just is the place bad ideas come from. I mean, the, this is where they're born <laughs> and, and, and the outcome, it will, it will be terrible. I mean, if if you are buying a house or quitting a job or buying a car because you're envious of what somebody else has done or going on vacations, if, if this is your motive for doing anything financially, it is going to end terrible.
0: And the dangerous part about point number three here, envy, is that due to the world we live in, we naturally... We'll be surrounded by people that we maybe admire and we will kind of get to how admiration or inspiration comes into play. But I mean, that can that can really tailspin out of control if, if you are convinced that you're simply admiring a person's lifestyle, a person's way of being, where they are, what they are driving X, Y, or Z. But as soon as that turns into that really green monster envy, that's where it really starts falling apart. Number four, the fourth reason that we tend to compare ourselves to others financially is because of the so social circles that we are existing within
1: so there's a, an expression out there that you 're the average of the five people you spend the most time with so just if if and I believe that to be true, so make sure you spend time with a and uh, again you shouldn't pick your friends based on their bank balances. <laughs> but make sure you spend time with a diverse group of people you know don't run in a a, a the, here's probably the worst is you graduate from college or university and you 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 stay close with those those same friends so they studied what you studied they got jobs in the field you got a job in the field you got in you're you're going to be pre-molded to this like you're going to you're going to simulate with those four other people that you're closest to who studied the same thing, got the same kind of job you did, lived in the same city. I think you should want a diversity of, of people in your life that, that will cultural you and, and give you a, a, a good cross section of society. Again, I don't think you can get away from comparing yourself to others, but have a, um, a lot of diversity in the comparison you're using.
0: I know we've talked about the f- phenomenon of, of social circles and who we surround ourselves by in past episodes, but for you, how big of a role do you think this plays in the lack of comparing yourself to those that you surround yourself by? And, and also when we're talking about social circles, how does family come into play as well?
1: So here's a, when I finished high school, so a, a whole bunch of my friends just got jobs ready at high school, really good paying factory jobs. And I went to college. And those friends of mine, they went out and bought cars, and went on vacations, and did a whole bunch of super exciting things. And I was a poverty-stricken student living at home, and I felt terrible about myself. I thought, you know, and and I I, I I'm I kind of broke up with those friends at some level because I felt like quitting school. I felt like I was failing wow. because the these friends of mine on the surface, appeared to have accomplished so much in such a small period of time. And here I was, basically, uh, my life hadn't changed much from, from high school. I felt like I, I had no growth at all. So I was running, and again, I hate to pick my friends based on their bank balance, but I was running in the wrong social circle, given what I was trying to accomplish. you know, Given I was trying to further my education, I was running in, in, in a friend circle of people who weren't. And I, I very subconscious level, I was comparing my progress to theirs. And my progress was almost non-existent because I was a poverty stricken student. So that is, I, I had to separate myself from those friends for a period of time. So I till I got my feet under me and, 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 and had a, a job, and I, I could relate to them then. So that is a that was a rude awakening. And it took me almost a year and a half to figure that out. And it was almost a disastrous ending for me. Now, as far as family goes, it goes back to my thing. There's not enough diversity there. So it's almost worse than, you know, your, your college university friends, you you both got, you study the same thing, you get jobs in the same fields, you live in the same city. You're kind of uh, mirror images of each other. If you just, if, if that's the extent of your social circle. So your family is kind of a similar extension. You grew up in the same house with the same parents, same values. Again, there's no diversity. So if you, again, if it's the five people you spend the most time with is, is you're the average of that, then I think you'd want wide ranging exposure. It, it's, it sounds selfish in that you're, you're, I'm saying, get this, this diversity in your life again for your own benefit. But I, I think you will also benefit the people who if if you spend time with somebody who, who had a dramatically different upbringing than you and a d- d- dramatically different educational path than you, you're offering them the same diversity that they're offering you. So they're helping you become, uh, sort of change that average of those five people. You're helping each other accomplish that same thing.
0: And that in itself is uplifting in a sense. Before we move on to so the next point of seven, five of seven is inspiration. But before we move on to inspiration, I want to kind of just backtrack to the the easy, societal pressure and envy. So these are all kind of really negative reasons that we tend to compare ourselves to others. Have you at your darkest moment found yourself kind of ever slowly slipping into one of these reasons that you may or have compared yourself to others around you, um, just for whatever reason.
1: I have. So we have done the four four of the seven reasons. At different points in my life, I have been down in the dumps about all four of these. You know, I I have fallen victim to. That's how I come up with this list. These these are are very not faint memories, but hardened experiences in my mind that. I remember being very depressed about my accomplishments and it was envy that that was driving it. I mean I was envious of of certain people around me and what they had accomplished. But I, they had a a different opportunity in life. They they started they had more resources behind them than I did. So the comparison was not it was not a fair one that I was making of myself. But had I just avoided comparing myself financially two people around me, I would have been in a better place.
0: But I'm sure that's easier said than done. And at the same time, I am honestly shocked to hear that you have personally encountered uh, your time with, with even just reasons one through four, uh, about the reasons we compare ourselves to others. So that really, in my opinion, you being, I mean, we look up to you, Trevor, you are so, you kind of, you have a, a solid financial hat on your shoulders for a lack of other words but so it's really humanizing to understand and know that you being the most kind of aware of the fact that we compare ourselves to others you have actually kind of experienced these and that's that's really humanizing so, uh, I wanted to mention number five now. And this one is, uh, I think, one of the more positive ones on this list, and it's inspiration. So, how does this play out? And how can you even seek opportunities to compare yourselves to others for inspiration? And should you actually be seeking these out, or is this just a byproduct of looking at more positive side of the equation?
1: So, th- you would think on the surface, inspiration, you know, the, so why we need to compare ourselves to others inspiration would be a positive one but it's actually not and how it's not is is you could be inspired by a coworker or a you know an, an uncle or somebody in your family or or somebody older than you generally speaking somebody who's who's had more life experience and you would like to be where they are but you quite often don't know the whole story of, of the sacrifices or the consequences of getting to where they are so it you may be inspired by somebody but you'll never know their whole story so you might be inspired by an uncle who is like a lawyer or a doctor or or has some magnificent career and and all the 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 lifestyle that go with it and you may be inspired by that but you you probably didn't see all the sacrifice all the the negative side of getting to where they are like it's easy to so if you're inspired by somebody you're you're probably and I'm not saying you should not be inspired by people but if you're comparing yourself to where you are you're you're probably only looking at one side of their equation and this is the flaw of being inspired by somebody specific right you can be inspired in general by by good good causes but if if you are comparing yourself to somebody who who has some financial accomplishments you're probably got the blinders on and you're only looking at the good side of, of what that person has, not 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 all the sacrifices they, they made to get there. And those are sacrifices you might not be willing to make. So if you're inspired by somebody, get to know them, get to understand what it took to get where they are. Like get the whole story if you can.
0: I love that. Number six is... The reason we tend to compare ourselves to others is for a predictable outcome, and I love this point so
1: much. So, and the, these are all reasons not to. So, you would want to com- predict, compare yourself to somebody else financially to is a measuring stick. You know, how am I doing? Because I know, you know, this is where my grandfather ended up, and in talking to him, you know, he he had his house paid off at this age, and he had mu- this much save in retirement at this age, and you have a, you might have all these very specific benchmarks that he, that he had. And you think, well, if I hit all those, I'll I'll have the same outcome he did. But that person, times are changing. Like that, that outcome or, or what he did worked. So my, for instance, my grandfather, the one that, you know, spent five years in a prison war camp, he came to Canada, couldn't speak English, got a job in a factory. Uh, it was a good paying job. He bought a house and raised a family and it all worked out for him. Well, those factory jobs that he got they don't exist today. The pension plans that he had they don't exist today, so i I couldn't use his path and his outcome to predict my outcome i the, the environment I'm growing up in was dramatically different so if if you're comparing myself to him would have i I would have been basically a failure at this point if i if I tried to go down his exact same path hoping for his exact same outcome, it just wouldn't have happened.
0: That's so true. And you probably would have just been disappointed and upset with your progress, like you said, and where you are.
1: And so when, when you separate two generations, so he was my grandfather, so I, I could see that, you know, things were different for, for him. But here's where really you get in trouble is when you compare yourself to your parents. Yes, yes. And it's that's only one generation away, but I can assure you, the circumstances have changed so using your parents who who are not that too far away as a comparing yourself to their progress to your progress it, you can't do it it is it, it's so dangerous that one generation is so tempting you know it it seems like it hasn't changed that much but it really has it has changed so my my parents still ended up with those great pension plans and but but here's an example so they bought a house they were paying like 19% interest on their mortgage it was just crazy and they they had jobs with great pension plans i, I can't like so there's something bad the, the 19% interest rates on mortgages and something good the, the pension plans so i didn't have either of those one was good one was bad do they do they negate each other not necessarily so you can see how polluted the water gets you can't i can't compare myself to my parents Now I'm 50. I I have the luxury of looking back and saying, yeah, none of that played out the same for me. I have that luxury of looking back and saying that, but if I were in my twenties, I would still be hoping to, from, for it to play out like they did. Right. I'd be, so you can't even one generation, you can't make the comparison. It it is the the, you won't get the predictable outcome you were hoping for.
0: And I know we've talked about this on the show before, but I know and I'm sure a lot of you listening today too fall victim to this, but you look at the predictive outcome of your parents and the life they led and, and where they are today. And you try so hard to, to replicate that. At Like you said, Trevor, you, you kind of have the hindsight. We are able to look back, but you, you kind of strive to, to do whatever they're doing to, to get where you are going to want to go.
1: But, but so in your, so someone in their twenties right now, if they're trying to simulate what their parents did t- to get the outcome their parents got, that's really what this is about. And if you're not, you know, if your parents were at point A in their twenties and, and you're or say at point B and you're at point A in your twenties, you feel like you, you're not even close to where they were. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't because your circumstances are different. Houses cost now four times what they cost when I bought my house, but I can tell you wages have not gone up four times. So there's an example where my children can't even begin to, to map out their roadmap to match mine because there's a big obstacle right there. How, buying a house is a great wealth building tool. I I'm glad I bought one. I was able to amass a lot of wealth because of it. Do I think it's a great wealth building tool today? Not at four times the price. I, I don't think it is. I think they're going to level off. They're not going to appreciate at the same rate they did for me, but there's going to be something else for your 20 year old child to benefit from, to leverage off of. And that, That'll be something that doesn't exist for me, so there will be no comparability. You you won't you won't be able like nineteen percent interest rate on mortgages. They didn't exist for me, but they did for my parents. So, I, I can't even try to map out how that would have played out for me.
0: No, that's a really true point. And, and when we are talking about predictable outcome, you. By retiring at age fifty-five, you're doing something that no one in your family has done, and we've even discussed here in the podcast that we're doing. You're doing something that you don't know. You think you know one other person who's done what you have done, but how scarier and certain is that to be treading down a road where there is no predictable outcome, and it must be impossible, not impossible. It must be challenging, very challenging, not to compare yourself to maybe your peers. at at work uh, simply because that's kind of the place you are retiring. Therefore, that may be a comparison place to to, to look
1: towards. Well, I'm glad you stopped using the word (laughs) semi-retire.
0: So so the reason I do use the word semi-retire, and I use it very, very, very lightly, is because I know for a fact that Trevor hopes to pursue work in or not pursue work no he hopes to dabble in things that is not within his current career that's why i use the word semi-retired because i know you want to continue contributing to society at some
1: level okay given that explanation it makes a lot of sense but <laughs> when you just when you just say it it sounds you know so wrong no no but but you're right so me me retiring at 55 I, like there's people who have retired i mean it's not it's not that earth-shattering but i don't know many people that have and I'm yet to see how this plays out. So I'm not looking for a predictable outcome. I'm throwing caution to the wind. Not, not a terrible amount of caution. I, <laughs> I, 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 my numbers are pretty padded, but I, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to others financially. Like if, if I were willing to work till I was 65, then I, I would be comparing myself to others. But leaving at 55, I really got no, comp- I don't have a lot of comparison. The other, person in my that the person I know the friend of mine who retired at 55 if I wanted to use comparability that's all I've got and it's working out for him and I I love the lifestyle he's living it's not lavish but it's not uncomfortable but again I can't help myself but to try to find somebody out there to compare to to see how this works out for a predictable outcome I think again we tend to do this. I don't say, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm searching for somebody like I'm always reaching out to my friends saying, how's it going? And I don't actually ask how's it going financially, but I kind of hint, you know, is, is retirement life is, is, is inexpensive as if you thought it would be is how I word it. And he always says it's, it's more inexpensive than I thought it would be. And I take a great deal of comfort in that. So I'm still searching to compare my, to, to find a Somebody who's done this before me, so just recently, retired at 55, and asking and trying to see how, they're, how it's playing out for them. I want that predictable outcome. I can't help but want that predictable outcome. But you're right. It's hard to find.
0: And again, it's, it's human nature, especially in, this is, it's, a, it's a huge decision to uh, retire early. So it's, 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 it's human to want to seek out that predictability. Last but not least on our list of why we tend to compare ourselves to others is lack of confidence. And I'm going to say maybe just lack of satisf- satisfaction with where we are in our life or where we are career-wise, where we are um, financially, just just a, a kind of a range of, of things that fall under that umbrella.
1: I, I would agree with that. But this one, lack of confidence, is is you making a decision. And you, you know, you have a whole bunch of inputs and then you, from that, you make a decision about something, say you're going to change careers or buy a house or retire early. And you, you lack confidence in, in either those inputs don't, aren't enough given the decision. And, and I think th- this lack of confidence shows up more in your 20s. And less in your fifties, I can I can tell you that firsthand. But you just if you're doing something different than society or different than the others around you, you you start to question yourself and and your confidence has to be strong to persevere through that and stick to your decision. But if you lack confidence and this hinders your ability to make decisions and, and you lack confidence because you you're comparing yourself. Like, for instance, I, I had a bunch of friends who graduated from high school, chose not to go to college or university and get a job in a factory. And I, I chose to go to college. And I, I, I questioned that decision as I was, you know, struggling through financially. And I, I started, you know, my, I said, to him, have I already done the right thing here? Like, my confidence about that decision, and, and I'm glad I got out of that circle of people for the, for the time being, but i think a, a lack of confidence is a really poor reason to compare yourself to others meaning you you don't lack the confidence in your own decision making abilities therefore i will just compare myself to others and and assess my progress that way
0: what was your biggest groundbreaking moment for getting over your lack of confidence in that moment and maybe other moments that you've had throughout your life because it sounds you do live a very Um, a very unique unique life in that you are aiming to retire at 55.
1: Well, here's something I did that nobody else around me was doing is I decided to pay my mortgage off in 15 years. That was pretty aggressive. And obviously you can imagine in doing that, you make uh, some sacrifices along the way. And I was doing that in an effort to put my kids through post-secondary education and retire early. Like all that math had to work out. So the 15-year mortgage you know, if if you sort of map that whole plan out, uh, you would have to have, I I had to have my mortgage paid off by a certain date or a certain age or a certain year. And I, I wondered, so here's the lack of confidence. I wondered if I was going to miss out on some life in, in an effort to pay off my mortgage in 15 years. Clearly there's some vacations I didn't take, no question. And look, you know, so now I have the luxury of looking back and say, you know, did I really miss those vacations or did I really miss not having a brand new car? Did I really miss not having, you know, nicer furniture or things like that? And and I, I can look back and say, no, I didn't. But at the time I didn't know, you know, if I was going to regret, we tend to want to live life with the fewest regrets possible. And I think that's probably a, a really good strategy. I, I'm not, sh- you know, sh- saying that's a bad idea That's that's what i've tended to do but when you make decisions that take a long time to play out and of course you can't you can't go back so just say i paid off a mortgage in 15 years and i fell into poor health and i, I never did get to travel mm. then I, I would have obviously looked back with regret so there's always some risk to making a decision and and hopefully the outcome is what you hope for but looking back there's one where i'm I, look, I paid off my mortgage in 15 years. I don't think I'm any worse for the wear. It worked out for me. So that that's an example.
0: I love that. So just understanding that whatever your decisions are, that they are right for you and right for your values, which we're gonna go on to talk about how values come into play as well with this. So we're gonna talk about why you shouldn't compare yourself to others and we have four uh, main reasons why we shouldn't with number 1 being different resources.
1: So I just want to say the the first list of seven things is why we tend to compare ourselves to others. I don't think you can ever completely squash that concept, but if you can resist it or minimize it to areas of your life that are not mission critical, you'll be better for it. it but you will always I'm thinking it's again if if you say I'm doing well financially, that is a relative term now it could be relative to where you were before there's this thing where and i would ask every listener to ask yourself this question you know you're doing well financially if you would just kill to be where if five years ago you would kill to be where you are today so just just give that visualization so five years ago would you have did anything to be where you are today meaning you're in a better place so that is a question to ask yourself. So this would, this is a comparison worth doing. Don't compare yourself to other people, other situations, other scenarios. Just say, if if I could look in a wind in a mirror and say five years from now I'd love to be here, and if you're even close to here today, then that is a comparison worth making.
0: That is so powerful, and and that did lead me to one thing I did want to ask you was do you so it's a twofold question number one part of part one of the question is do you still find yourself staying as motivated to achieving your goals by simply looking introspectively at maybe how you can compare yourself year over year or like you said five years over the next five years and and is that is that enough of again a motivation to keep you you working towards your goals
1: well, we talk about having a financial plan on this podcast all the time. And you have no idea if you've made progress if you didn't have a plan to start with, if you didn't have a goal or a direction you were heading in. So I stay motivated because I have wins behind me. And those wins, I, I celebrate those wins, like, like paying off my mortgage in 15 years. That's a win I celebrated. Uh, paying cash for a, a used car, that's a win. I celebrated that. You, putting three kids through post secondary education that's a win. I celebrated that. So the more wins you stack up behind you, the more confidence you have, the more, the, the less comparing you do to other people to measure your progress. I, I'm measuring my progress to my plan and, and I'm liking what I see.
0: I love that. It looking at this, sm- it's, it's like running a race. It's, it's, you get a trying to beat your time with every race you run. So that that's, I love that. And before we actually do move on to uh, why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others, I think it's important to note as well. It just came to me that I, I know we can sometimes, not sometimes, but hopefully this doesn't happen to any of you, but the moment where you are maybe feeling like you're doing more favor- favorably than someone around you and you compare yourself to um, their maybe misfortune or their, in your opinion, situation that is not as, as favorable as your own. And I think that uh, is a very, very, very dangerous place to, to be in at any, at any time.
1: Well, the problem with that one is you are getting a false sense of success. So if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's down on their luck and really having a hard time with life, and you you maybe at a subconscious level say, well, I'm doing better than that. I mean, that's a terrible way to think. But if if you let your guard down and you think, well, again, it goes back to you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If there's somebody who's really struggling in your life in those five people who are really close to you, that then that will go into the subconscious comparability that you do. It it will get meshed in there and it may actually slow your progress.
0: Oh, definitely. So I want to talk now about the four reasons why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others with, with number one, like I mentioned before being different resources.
1: So I mentioned my grandfather, you know, he, he started out obviously at ground zero. He came of age in a prisoner of war camp and he came to a country, couldn't speak their language and in made his way. So somebody who was born in Canada and maybe got the opportunity to get higher education, uh, you, you can't compare those two people. I mean, the the one person has a huge advantage and leg up on the other person It's like you run a race. The person got a head start by a whole day, <laughs> and, and and you're not running the same race. So starting from display. So my son was in cadets. You know, everyone's familiar with the the cadet program. It's a, it's run by the military. He didn't go into the military, but he enjoyed the cadet program, and he rose to be the rsm the, the the he was basically the the top cadet he he was the top ranking cadet in his cadet corps, and that was a great accomplishment and his parents we were very proud of him but there was this one cadet in that same program same age as my son f- came from a broken home and parents that were uh substance abuse and they, they were just um uh it was a very sad upbringing for this child and and he, he rose to be the second in command right below my son. And I told my son, I said, he he is probably the most, like, he, he has accomplished the most in that cadet program. Even though you rose higher, you had more resources behind you. Now, I, I'm, my, I'm very proud of my son. I, I, this may be coming out wrong. but I, I told him this, that he, he, he did, my son did all he could with the resources he had behind him. And this other child I'm talking about, he did all he could with all the resources he had behind him. They both rose to different levels in the cadet corps. They both achieved the exact same thing, given the, the resources or the, the, the backing they had to get where they, where they got.
0: Wow, that that is that's powerful. It, it speaks volumes to individual achievement based on resources. I love that.
1: And so, if you're comparing yourself to others at a young age, this is quite common. Is is money being handed from? Uh, I call it crossing generations, and I'm seeing a lot of this. So, money going from grandparents to grandchildren. So a lot this happens a lot I, I see it in in where I work like I've talked to different people and in, in how you know uh, somebody buys a a house a half million dollar house and they they just they've only been working a couple of years and you know I'll just curiously say wow the uh, that that that's quite the accomplishment and then you'll learn that well they got an the inheritance early from their grandparents well somebody who doesn't have grandparents and that inheritance isn't there to, to be transferred. uh, You you can't measure yourself against that. You know, that, that you're not running the same race at that point.
0: Oh, definitely. That really makes a difference. And you also see the same kind of adversity when it comes to, uh, in, in, in colleges and post in, and universities with, uh, Different financial support from from parents as well. You see that that differing level of resources at a, at a, at a very um, obvious level when you are in school with your
1: peers. Now here's an example. So when I'm approaching retirement. I, I know people have gone through divorces, and there I don't know of any single thing that can just dis- destroy you financially faster than a divorce. I mean it 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 is it's crippling. And so somebody could have been progressing along and and maybe in the same line of work. And then all of a sudden they go through a divorce and they were going to retire at 55. Now they're going to retire at 75. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. Um, That is a terrible outcome. Uh, It's a huge thing to overcome. And again, I think you're running a different race. So it it happens. It's, it's unfortunately more common than, than, you could imagine, and that is a uh, a huge thing to overcome financially.
0: So the second item on our list of why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others is we all possess different values.
1: So for me, I've been I've had a, this value of, of retiring, or be, I, I keep, you know, I call it retiring, but I wanted to be financially independent by the age of 55, so I could make the decisions not have my employer make decisions. Like I, I want to be in charge of my calendar, not somebody else. Age 55 has been my goal for quite some time. That's a value I had. I didn't let other values get in the way of that, like a new car value or a luxurious home value. Those values in life, my mine has been consistent. But if I were comparing myself to someone who really valued $65,000 trucks, well, I, I would be failing miserably. You know, I, I had a, I have a, 15 year old honda civic in my driveway and if if sixty-five-thousand-dollar trucks were important to me i i would have to put big f beside my name <laughs> you failed buddy so if you don't have the same value system comparing yourself to other people is flawed so here's one i mentioned i go back to my grandfather prisoner of war camp came to canada couldn't speak in english you know what his value system was food <laughs> having three square meals a day that was super important to him that that meant more than anything a furnace that actually that worked and kept you warm in the winter that was like he would get his furnace serviced every year like i'm talking crazy service because he didn't ever want it to be cold he ever wanted to be cold and that so his value system was dramatically different like and he really struggled when he like consumerism was he he struggled to watch that happen and, and if, if you, like, if he, if, if I started, he's passed away, but if I started going on about iPhones to him, the iPhones were an event. He passed away a long time ago, but he would just walk out of the room. I mean, you know, such so, so trivial thing as a cell phone. You know, he was more interested in, in food and staying warm and, uh, f- clean water. Those, that was his value system. So it, you, you just have to. Everyone values something different in life Be, and a lot of it has to do from where you came from, what you had to start with, and in like the two lotteries in life that you may have won or lost. So that is that value system makes comparing yourself to others a really bad idea.
0: The next item on our list and the third reason why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others is that we all have different
1: goals. And worse off, if you don't have any goals, so just say you're comparing yourself. Say you have, I have, you have goals of a 15-year mortgage, you know, get your kids through college, university with no debt, uh, retire early. That's my plan. Somebody else who has no goal, no plan, they're just going to work, sort of drift from day to day. We we're running different races. If it's a race at all, there's no comparison there at all. Like, the, or or if their goal is to always be in a new car. You know, if some people that's they're car people, that's important, or always go every year, international vacation. You know, they're going over to Europe, Asia, Africa, international vacations all the time. They want to be well traveled. I'm not judging that, that if that's your plan, you should do it and, and be happy about it. But we're not like me comparing myself to that person or, or them looking at me retiring at 55 saying, wow, I wish I could have done that. And I could be looking at them saying, wow, I wish I could have seen all the world that they saw. Those two people should never compare each other. They'll both be miserable.
0: Was this for you something that was hard to realize or did come pretty naturally for you knowing that your goals might've been, look, looked a lot different than maybe those uh, those goals of those around you?
1: The problem with my goal, say, with my work colleagues is my goal has been taking uh, a long time to play out. You know, my my finish line, my win, and and I don't, I can't, in in the eyes of my colleagues, I I don't know that I care what, that they they think I'm progressing or not progressing or whether they think my idea is good or bad. They will think it's a good idea when they see (laughs) me walking into the door for the last time. But when they see me not going down south every winter, when they see me driving a really old car, I I think it's hard, it would, I'm comfortable with my goal, but if you weren't comfortable with your goal, if you were kind of even wavering, you know, I don't even know if I want to retire at 55, but I think I might, then this would have been a hard thing to, to stay on focus for because it's such a long-term goal. The, the win is going to be so far away, just from a work standpoint, that that it it would seem, uh, it would look like misery to a lot of people, I think.
0: You answered my question there, because even as you're talking, you were speaking with so much conviction about your used car and, and maybe lack of vacations. But it, obviously, it, as you clearly demonstrate, your goal is that firm and that um, and that of something you do deeply want to attain. I have a, I have a question for you. I'm really going to sidetrack the conversation by asking this, but I don't. I don't think I've ever asked this. At uh, what age did you decide, or how did you decide you were retiring at 55? Again, this is this really sidetracking the conversation, but I'm, I'm curious as, and maybe I have asked it, and um, but it, it, if you could just kind of go over that again for uh, me and the listeners.
1: I was probably 30. 30-ish, early 30s when I decided, you know, I, I think I want to be financially independent by age 55. So,
0: so what, but, what happened in your 30s? Like that, that's, I think the part that I've never, we've never really explored I Maybe I happen, I haven't quite remembered what that, what the, the driving moment was.
1: I just realized uh, it, it was at that age when I, my, I, my, my first grandparent passed away and that was my first brush with mortality. And, and, how short life really is. And that that's the one that opened my eyes to it. It was, it was my first exposure to mortality was in my, I was right around 30. And I realized that, that none of this material world at some point really matters. And it's just about enjoying life. So I wanted, I guess, you know, at that point you could have come to two conclusions. One would have been enjoy every single day live it like you like it's your last or you know get out of this nine-to-five grind as soon as you can those those were really the two options i was weighing i chose to have my financial independence and be released from the the, the day-to-day grind of working as soon as possible that, that's but i could have cho- chose in this restaurant so just say i chose live every day like it's your last well unfortunately i gotta go to work for eight hours while i'm doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and i don't know if i can really get all the goodness I, but then someone might say well then choose something that's super you know you don't make much money at but you really enjoy i could have went down that road that was something i i sort of in, it pondered but that, that's how why i came to that conclusion when i did
0: i like that and to, to go back to our list and the final item on our list the fourth reason why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others is that we all have different support systems.
1: And if you think of the cadet thing, the example I gave earlier so imagine uh, somebody coming from a, a broken home. Uh, they, they, nobody believes in their, say they want to get higher education, nobody in their family believes in it. They have to incur all the debt and get all the student loans. They they have to, like, it, it's so much effort to put a, a child through post-secondary education, college, university. It costs so much money that if you didn't have a support, if, if I didn't have a support system behind me, I would have packed it in a long time ago. I think my kids, they may have, you know, given up on it too. Education's hard in itself. If you have nobody... No cheerleaders behind you or no financial support behind you. It's even harder. And so for those people that accomplished that, who who overcome that huge hurdle early in life, I have a world of admiration for them. they they are running a different race. so they they ended up graduating from school with a mountain of debt that they have to deal with. and they they didn't have the moral support possibly behind them either. Those people, there, so i know i didn't have that hurdle nor did my children but i know people that did i know i know kids that did and they get my full admiration and and so if you don't have a support system behind you so i mentioned that cadet my son was a cadet and this kid who came from a broken home with no family support of any kind he grew He he achieved every bit as much as my son did even though my son ended up being the the commander of that cadet corps this other kid he did he he achieved every bit as much as my son did didn't rise as far up the ranks but had less to work with so i i think if you compare yourself to others and and those others either had a better support system or didn't have a support system at all i i think you're 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 doing yourself a disservice because it's apples and oranges
0: and on that note that brings us to the end of our list for why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others along with why we tend to compare ourselves to others thank you so much for being here us on today's show uh, where we talked all about uh, comparing ourselves to others financially we'll have these two lists available in the show notes so they can refer back to after the show thank you so much for being with us today and we can't wait to have you back here with us next week for a brand new show until then keep it simple